Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. And I am here with you again. We took a little break for Labor Day weekend. But now we're back at it with the first guest of September. And I am excited for you to meet him today. His name is Matt True. Matt, how are you doing today? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited we're getting to talk. Uh, I'm really looking forward to to hearing more about you, man. So let let's not let, let's not keep the people from it. Tell us, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I guess me. Uh, you know, I've lost 380 pounds. Um, it's been quite the adventure, I must say. Um, started out at a whopping 505 pounds. And uh, that was when I decided to uh, weigh myself and start dieting. Um, I was probably closer to 530 pounds at some point in my life. Um, you know, I've tried all the yo-yo diets and all that. And uh, yeah, it would work, but then I would just continue eating and then gain it all back, right? So um, then I decided to uh, go to the doctor and um, we had a good conversation, doctor and my family doctor, of course, had a conversation with me. He's like, well, if you continue down this road, you know, it's not going to end well for you. So that to me was enough for me to go, okay, well, maybe I should probably do something about it. So um, then I got sleeved and mm. um, through that process. Mm. Um, probably the best process of my life. And I want to I get into that, but you, yeah. you don't wake up at 530 pounds. You know, oh that, my God! No, you don't. That, 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 that's not the day one. You no. know, you know, as no. as much as that's day one of like the probably a very significant part of your journey. You know, getting to five hundred thirty pounds. It, did you grow up as a big kid? Did you gain your weight as an adult? You know, everyone comes from a different place. Like, where yeah, did, where I mean, did it happen for Matt? Oh man, like, um, I guess when I was in my younger years, I, I mean, I was always a chubby kid. Um, you know, I I was never small by any means. Um, Grade 11, I kind of grabbed the the world by the balls and I said, well, I got to do something, right? So that's when I started doing the Atkins diet uh, in grade 11. And, um, you know, I, I worked hard at it. I lost probably close to 100 pounds. And then um, I think, I, don't quote me, but I think I weighed about grade 12. I was probably close to about 280 pounds in grade 12. I mean, I was a solid kid, but um, I, I was still quite big. But um, after that, I went to college and then um, started, you know, doing the college thing, right? You're out drinking every night and you're you're out partying with your friends and you whatever. And then I, I just stopped watching the, the weight go and it started creeping up and creeping up. And um, then I guess after college it it really got bad so that's when like um i bloomed really quick um that being because i mean and i, I know exactly why now i didn't really know before but i was never really a person that ate a lot i didn't like i, I there was times i didn't eat um all day long right and but i would have like two massive amounts of food at 10 o'clock at night and then i'd go to bed right and i didn't really i didn't really do any kind of major exercise or anything i mean i owe golf i i do all that stuff like i i always i always did something um but um i never ate and then i started the um that thing that everybody loves to talk about and that's that's the call center life and that, that, my friend, is what really was my downfall. Um, 
didn't do any exercise. I didn't care, right? I was drinking. I was eating chips on my breaks, or I was, I was doing something, um, shoving some sort of junk in my mouth, whether that would be chocolate bars to two to three liters of pop a day, um, and then, and then, of course, going home at night, and then cooking a big T-bone steak or steak and potatoes or just consuming a major amount of calories and then going to bed. And I did that for 10 years. And that, my friend, that was the downfall. And that's when I ballooned. And that's when I was over 500 pounds. Which the funny thing is, like you said, it, it is a common st- for so, there, it's almost like I feel like there could probably be a book written about people that started working in call centers and put on weight. Oh, 100%. There could be. Like, or, yeah. or probably a multi season television show on Netflix, you know, could probably. Oh, yeah. You like, could make a killing with that. It's, it's kind yeah. of why it's kind of wild to think about the way environment shapes us, you know, sometimes. And obviously, it's more about our personal habits and things along those lines. But still, the, an environment enabling an, an enabling environment is certainly a thing that exists. I know I lived in one for a long time. You know, when my weight got to over to 500 pounds, when, when your weight ballooned like that, how, where was your head at? Were you conscious of it? Was it a, I'll do something about it someday. You know, what, what really were you thinking during that time? Uh, you know, it just got to a point where I had to do something about it. Um, you know, like it's, how do I explain it to you? Like it was mentally, um, I had a lot to do with, um, like it got to a point where showering, um, you know, I, I took, started taking two to three showers a day. Um, it got to a point where, you know, um, if my wife and I wanted to go out somewhere with friends or to a wedding or something, I had to call ahead to see what chairs were there, um, if there were tables and not booths. Um, you know, I, I, this is real life stuff that I had to do. Like I literally, I, w- I got really good at being a detective because before we go anywhere, I had to call ahead to do recon before I even think about going in there or if I'm going to sit on a chair, it's going to break because I can't tell you how many plastic chairs I broke. I just can't. I, I have the Guinness record. I'm sure of it. But um, it's just stuff like that. And then, you know, going to like we, we like we go camping every every summer. Right. And it just got to the point where, you know, I would go um, to have to go to the showers and use the washroom and the stalls and the stalls. I would have to at least layer four pounds of Crisco to be able to get into that stall. And then, you know, when you're a big boy. You know, and you have to, you know, you're doing the needful, you're doing the number two there. It's not just like, you know, we're going to take a little toilet paper. I mean, you have to be, you have to be a yoga artist in there at this point. You know, you're you're not 150 pounds soaking wet where, you you know, you got to maneuver yourself. You're basically putting an orca in a postage stamp. And that's basically what, that's what I was doing. And I was like, "I, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. You know, and then I got to the point where uh, I'd get out of bed and my legs would hurt and my back would always be out, uh, you know, or I would, a couple times I, I fell in the shower and I fell so hard that I broke the tile on the bathroom floor. Like there comes a point when, you know, enough's enough. Like you, there's just, you know, you, it's just, am I going to live like this the rest of my life? Like, uh, you know, and it, I got married in Dominican. And, uh, I'll never forget. Oh, it was okay. So we get, so my travel agent, I said, like, that was my, that was not my biggest at this point in time. Right. So I said to my travel agent, look, you know, and I'm getting on a plane, I'm going with, you know, about 15, 20 people. Um, I need to make sure that on this plane, right. Like I need to make sure that the armrests go up. I need to be in first class so the armrests can go up so that I can so I can fit there, right? And then the travel agent says to me, "Well, okay, no problem. I'll make it happen. We're going to put you in the first row of the plane." Perfect. So I was all hunky dory. I, I was happy. I was 
I'm getting married, right? So I'm going to Dominican and I, you know, pay for all the tickets and get everything done. So now I'm boarding. So I'm getting onto the the plane and I get into the first row. Um, the armrests do not go up. Okay. Um, there's basically three feet between my chair and a wall. And um, anyway, I've had no choice, right? I have to sit there. So I'm wedging myself in this chair, right? So it's a plane, right? Thank God it's my family members sitting beside me. They get it. Like they're, they're, they're so embarrassed for me. And I'm like, whatever, dude, it is what it is. Like, what am I going to do? And then, so I'm, I'm wedged in there, man. Like my love handles are seeping up over the side of oh, the yeah. rest. Like I, I'm in there, right? Like I'm in there and uh, God, God bless like the, the, the stewards because the, the flight attendant came up to me and said, sir, you need to buckle your seatbelt. And I looked at them with a dead stare. And the only thing I said was, if this plane goes down, do you think I'm going somewhere? And they just, they didn't know what to do. They, 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 like, they, they just, they, they had a smirk on their face and they just left me alone. Because I'm like, really? like, But I mean, this is what people deal with all the time. And I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just in awe sometimes. But I mean, this is just some of the things that us as obese people would go through, right? And I just, I look at the, I don't know, the, the comedic relief behind it all. Because if you don't, you just, you're going to have a really crappy life. Oh, you had to. I mean, like I, I went through that myself. Like I, I had to eventually, you know, early on I learned that I had to laugh or I was going to spend an awful lot of time in a dark place. And, you know, like if you're not able to, and it doesn't mean that in, at the end of the day, you look back and you're like, oh, that was probably a good thing to laugh at or not. But, but you, it's, it's that whole idea of getting through the situation. You know, when you, when you talked about becoming a, a supreme detective, like, I think I learned how to really Google well because of trying to check out seating, you know, like Google image searching, like, can I go onto Yelp? Can I get onto, you know, is there, is there, are they put, is someone posting reviews somewhere that has a picture of what the inside of this restaurant looks like? Cause I need, I mean, there were times even I would try to drive by and see if I could look inside. Cause you know, there was no way I was parking the car and walking. Uh, That's right. But yeah. you know, you, you go, all of these common experiences like are things that I'm sure there's people listening right now, nodding their heads and knowing, okay, you know, whether they went through that or they're going through it right now, you know, they can relate to that experience. And you, you got to that point where, you know, you decided it was, you know, enough was enough and you were going to make change. You had that conversation with your family doctor and you, you started the process for, for the sleeve surgery, you know, take us into what that was like for you. Like, was it an easy decision for you to make? Was it something that, you know, some people struggle with it, you know, trying to kind of wrap their head around what they're doing? Like where, where did that develop for you? Oh man. Like, I guess when I, when I first had the talk, I was, I was excited, right? I'm like, finally, something's gonna, something's gonna give. But then I thought, maybe it's too good to be true, because you hear stories all the time, like, oh, it helped this person, this person, this person, this person, but it didn't help this person, this person, this person. And then, and then you hear so many horror stories. And then you hear, you hear, well, this guy's a golden child. And then you hear, this guy didn't pay attention. And this guy died. Well, uh, that's great. So, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of thinking and a lot of researching, and I had to put a lot of trust into the doctors here, right? So, and I mean, I some people say, well, you should put trust into a doctor. Well, yeah, take that with your own opinion. So, you know, so um, went through all that, and uh, you know, we had a. He forwarded my family doctor forwarded off all my stuff to the bariatric clinic here in in Moncton. Um, so great. So that in itself was um, a kind of a weight off my shoulder because you know when I got in there I'm like oh I'm finally gonna you know I'm gonna something's finally gonna happen. So um, we did all that and um, what happened was. Um, I was with 
the I was I was given. Um, sorry, I heard like a seven forty seven outside. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, no, it's a plane. I live I live I live I live right near the airport, so no worries. Oh, lo- me too. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But um, no. Um, anyway, so what happened was uh, I had a first uh, consultation and everything uh, in the Moncton Clinic, and then they said there's going to be a five to seven year wait, and I was like, ooh. Okay. Well, I was going to say you're in Canada, right? You're. I am. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've had clients in Canada and friends, and I know you know you hear yeah. good stories and you hear bad stories about the waits when it comes to some medical things. Oh yeah, man, it's a long time. But uh, what happened was it was five to seven years. They were told, and then you would get a call and blah 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 blah. And I was put under a doctor, and I was like, okay, cool. So, and then after that, um, two years went by, and um, I actually had an accident. I fell. And uh, I, I tweaked my back so bad that I had to go to the hospital by ambulance. Um, nothing I could do. Oh, there's another story for you, too. Sidebar. Um, called 911. Now, this is when I was, you know, I was 500 and some pounds. And uh, I called 911. And uh, I said, first off, I'm not dying. You don't need to come. Lights and sirens. Just, I need an ambulance. I need a lift assist. Okay? Like, I'm not small. Okay. Um, ambulance got here. I, I am not being sarcastic at all. When I say the two wonderful paramedics that showed up were two beautiful women, 130 pounds each. And I looked at them and I went, you ain't getting me up off the ground. And they're like, we can't get you up off the ground. They're like, can you, we can, we can help you get off the ground, but you're going to have to walk yourself into the ambulance. So that was fun. Um, we got, it got me up and we, we got me into the ambulance and I got laid down on a bed. Like I'm, I'm uh, 11 out of 10 pain. And then we get to the hospital and they're like, sweetheart, we can't take you out on this bed. You're too big for the bed. I'm like, seriously. Okay. So, I'm walking off the ambulance. I'm screaming in pain. I haven't showered in three days because I can't move. So that in itself is a scary nightmare. Um, I get into the hospital, and um, the and this is when it turns to a miracle story. The on-call surgeon in the emergency room was Dr. Christelle Terrio, um, who did my sleeve surgery. Um, she said, have you thought about doing the sleeve surgery? And I said, well, yes, doctor. I've been on the wait list now for a few years. She said, well, you're my patient now. And uh, I was in with her with the, 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 through the uh, psychiatrist, the dietitian, and everything within one year. I, I had my surgery. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that's and, a, that's uh, a twist of fate. Like that's yeah, absolutely like this. Obviously it's meant to be right. Like some people don't believe in coincidences, but well, I believe in that. Um, and that's where things started for me is when that happened. Amazing that, to hear that, yeah. <laughs> that experience, yeah. because yeah. there's, there's, there was something, you know, because even it's almost as if like, even if like she randomly took the day off and wouldn't have been there, like, you know, who knows what would have happened? Like, there's just a lot of, or if you had held out for one more day, like there's just, there's a lot there, which is, is powerful, man. And so you, you went into the procedure, you had the sleeve surgery done. What was, what was, so one of the things that I'm always curious about, cause I've had a lot of guys who have had VSG or other surgeries on, on the podcast. And one of the questions that I always find interesting is, because uh, we know before and even after, you know, the liquid diet, focusing on protein, like what your what your intake can look like. What was it like for you immediately after, you know, when it comes to like how your relationship with food was impacted by this, you know, physical impediment that you, you woke up to? Does that yeah, question make um, sense? Do you know? To, absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to me, like... When you're when I was going through the pro the program, um, getting ready for the sleeve surgery, like basically I'm a non-diagnosed OCD person, right? So if I'm doing something, I'm doing something to the full maximum extent. So um, when I was meeting with them, like they had us 
basically we had to train ourselves. We had to do a meal plan and you had to eat three meals a day and three snacks, right? And they made you do this to get ready for your surgery because you need to eat like this after. And that's, that's what the program is. So to me, this wasn't a problem. So, you know, um, I had my sleeve surgery and then I started eating. Um, I did, I could eat a half a cup of food. That's, that's what I could consume for probably a year. Um, and, um, to me, I, some people struggle, but you know, I was always into cooking and always into the, like, I, I don't think my, my TV leaves the food network. So I'm constantly like, I know a lot about food. Like I've, I've worked in restaurants. I've, I just know it. So I know that I can take a food and I can alter it so that I can eat it how I want to in my macros and what I, what I set out for myself. So to me, it wasn't a big, wasn't a big thing. So I like, I would, I get my three meals in my three snacks and it, it just, it wouldn't bother me. However, it, the, the feeling though, like crazy, like, you know, how I would, I would be in food competitions and eat pounds of food. And now I'm sitting here eating one cup of food and it felt like I just left my family's turkey dinner and I ate the entire turkey. Like, that's what it made you feel like. Like you, it made you feel that full and that much restriction. So for me, that I just, it wasn't a problem, but I found, you know, um, I found ways to like, I, you have to, you have to learn how to play with food and you have to learn how to, what works best for you and what, because everyone that everybody here locally around me is in shock of me because of how I've lost it, but it's because I was so anal. Like I followed everything to a complete T. I didn't like veer off. Like for two solid years, I stuck to, I had numbers and I did not, I didn't alter those numbers. I didn't go out of those numbers. Like I stuck to those numbers. Like I ate low carb. I ate, I consumed only 1200 calories. I I run five kilometers a day. I did not stop until I looked like a flying squirrel because all I was left was excess skin. And I had a lot of that. So, um, you know, and I was doing so well with this that, and it's all, I was just doing low carb. It wasn't keto. It was just low carb. So I decided I was going to create a cookbook and that's what I did. And, uh, the cookbook, it flew off the shelves. I, I learned really quick how to, um, run a business and have a headache and learn to be track and trace and logistics. And because people, and, and some of the questions people ask you is just mind boggling. Like, they have this thing. It's called Google. Use it. It's like you don't have to message me at 2 a.m. asking me, can I substitute one cup of this for one cup of that? That's the questions I was getting. So I'm like, yeah, great. So, I mean, the cookbook, yes, it's helped. And it's here, it's, it's in the clinic here now. They use it here. Um but basically, I, I made this cookbook basically to help um, fund my skin surgeries. Because here in Canada, where the igloos are and ice and the snow dogs, we don't have insurance to cover the skin surgeries. So this is all out of my pocket. So I was trying to find ways of how can I pay for this and how can I do that. And um, that's what I did. And um, it's worked really well. I mean, I could talk to you for hours on things that I've done uh, over the course of the last four years of my life. Um, it's insane, really. Yeah, well, um, well, and let's, you, you brought up years, and that's something I want to give people too, is a, is a sense of a time frame too for you as well. When did you have your actual surgery? It was January, was it January of 2019? My sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So January, yeah, so was, we're looking. Uh, the first week of January. Yeah, so we're looking where are we at three three years and nine months. You're coming up on in January. It'll be four years, which is incredible. And 
So what was, you know, you said first two years, you know, what, before you got to skin removal, what was your weight loss like? Like where, what, what did you see? Because obviously, you know, and, it, and I've, I've been following you, so I can, I've, I've seen it in pictures and, and all of that. But for the person listening who doesn't know, like take it, take us into where, you know, you went, you, you had seen 505 on the scale. You knew you were a little heavier. Like where did, where did you end up when it was time to, you know, even start in, after that two years? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was 505 when I had the sleeve. Um, that's, that's what I weighed, uh, went right before I went into it. So I knew I weighed more. I just didn't, I didn't weigh myself, but, um, the two years I dropped, I weighed right before my first initial skin surgery, I weighed, I think 220. And so that's whatever that is in math, but that's, that's how much that I lost in that two years. And, but I mean, that was from, Again, following it to a T, three meals, three snacks, exercising, you know, nonstop. And then I didn't stop after that. They took off, um, I'm, I think it was close to seven pounds of excess skin on my first surgery. And that was my abdominoplasty. Um, again, I guess I'll be a little more literal or layman's terms, I guess, is um, they took my stomach skin off. They did a tummy tuck. Uh, they took my man boobs off. Um, they basically, <laughs> good old uh, Brent Howley, how he explained it was he uh, took my nipples off and put them on ice and uh, put them back on. But he uh, stitched up my uh, ab muscles uh, back to where they were supposed to be because when you get that big, the fat and everything pokes out through those abdominal muscles and pushes them out to the side. So, my, I, you know, if to put it, uh, to give you a picture of that would be you have an ab muscle on your love handle, basically, until he stitches them back together. That was painful as hell. Um, and uh, that was my first my first surgery. Uh, and then I had side resections done. So they took the side skin from my boobs that he couldn't get from before. And uh, then I had um, my thigh lift. Um I guess sidebar here, person who's ever looking into plastic surgery, um, I promised my plastic surgeon that I would always say this to people. If you're going to get plastic surgery because you've lost a massive amount of weight, do not start with your thighs ever because you will not go back to your plastic surgeon. The thigh lift is the worst surgery there is the for healing um i i had a m massive infection um in one of my legs that i had to go to the hospital and get redressed every day i had to do iv every day to get that out of there that was not fun um and i mean i you know I, the amount of times that i've been under now is crazy um you know but thigh lift was the worst surgery I've had. And I, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. And it's, you can't even blame the doctors. They even tell you, they tell you, they hate doing that surgery. But I mean, I didn't have a choice because I'm running back and forth and my thighs are like twisting at a 360. Like they're just, it was just moving. Like I can't even explain it to you. So, um, Right now, I'm sitting at, uh, I weighed myself this morning, actually, and I was at 171, and I have one uh, plastic surgery left, and that is my back. Um, my back has not been touched yet, so I mean, I look, and I take a shirt off, and I, I'm, I'm still trying to get over the, the, the mental aspect of it because the first year I started taking my shirt off, right? I would never take my shirt off before. I never did it before. Um, but I take my shirt off and it looks like I'm like tight and you can see ab muscles and you can see everything. I look good from the front, but I look like a broken can of biscuits from behind. So it's, like it's, it's literally, just, it's, it's, just, it's, it's have you seen that? Seeping right yeah. Have you seen that episode of the Simpsons that became a meme? 
Yes, where, yeah, where, and it just ties where, it all back. All of, all yeah. of Homer, I'm, I'm flashing right to Homer's skin pulled to the back, and he's tight in the front. <laughs> yeah, and it's and all that's exactly what it is. That's mm-hmm. that's what my life is right now, and it's like it, it's it's a it's a mental f that it plays with you. It really is because you do all that work, right? You're thinking I've done all this work to look phenomenal, but anyone who looks at me from behind is going, "What the hell happened to him?" But I mean, you know, and I still get, and it's still hard for me to keep my shirt off right now because I'm still, I'm still healing. I, I am. I'm going to heal for the next three years. But like I was walking on the beach with my wife um, this summer, the first of the summer, and I was still like, I just started taking my shirt off and people were like, oh my God, he must've had open heart surgery. Like, look at those scars. Or I got the, oh, he must've been a woman because of how my scars are. Right. You know, like I have scars, like I have the, I have scars going across my boob, going completely up and down my chest. Like I, I look like I was either in a severe car accident, you know, or anyway, but this is stuff I hear and it still plays a mental part. And it is still like, it's still, I'm like, okay, no, that's not what happened guys. But you know, I just let it go. I just go home. They have no idea. But for some people, that would be a very, very, very tough thing to go through. I'm finally getting over it. I, I just don't care anymore. I, I'm, I'm, I've just added, you know, 30, 40 years to my life. But for some, that's going to be a, a very difficult thing to have to go through. But, well, I'm, and I'm sure you've heard it from people. You know, there are people that don't even want to attempt to lose weight because they're afraid of loose skin. You yes. Know? And that's a very yes. real and thing I've, for I've, them. Like, it's, yep. you know... you. you Someone on the other side, you know, sitting there thinks, you know, well, look at the choices you're making. But it's that is that's one of the concerns that I hear. I hear that all the time, like in terms of getting DMs and messages. And and I'm sure you do, especially with people knowing about your surgeries. And and I appreciate you talking about the skin surgery, because I think especially kind of that insight into the thigh, the thigh piece. But I, I think sometimes most most people, what they see when it, when people talk about their skin surgery is what it was like before. And then, you know, a year out in the healing and they're through all of that. And there isn't often, you know, the, what happens in between and kind of what that's like. And so I appreciate when, when someone's willing to, you know, say, well, yeah, that was, this part was rough, you know, it was worth it. And that's, that's, I think the key thing in any discussion about weight loss or any discussion about health improvement that I have on this show is, you know, it's, it's when a person is, you know, no guest I ever talked to is surprised that they had to do hard work or that hard things happened, you know, or that things were painful or rough or tough or anything along those lines. It's the person sitting on the outside and they're like, well, it looks so easy for everyone. It's like, well, no, listen to the stories people are telling. Realize that there's like you were talking about even, you know, you got to where you're at because of that attention you, to detail you had that first two years. You know, you know, like you just said, there are people who have had sleeve surgery that in the end, because they didn't do that or didn't even give half that focus, ended up in a worse place in the end. The same thing with anyone using any weight loss tool. Like it's, it's all about the work you end up putting into right. the tool that you're using. Right. Or and, they just go back to the ways that they were before. And I see that a lot. I, I, I see that more than I can, but I mean, what, what makes me like, I, what put me in awe today was I, I listened to the podcast that you just recently did. And, you know, you said that people only take pictures and make it look all hunky-dory and perfect. When really, like, and the, they don't show, like, what they actually went through. They don't care to show that. They just show that it's a perfect life. Well, like, on my Instagram and everything, like, I show... I'm an open book. I, I hide nothing. I hide nothing. So, um, you know, from like when I had my, my sleeve done, like from the sleeve, I had problems where they had to remove my gallbladder because of that, because I went low carb and I went so low carb and I, I focused so hard on that, that my gallbladder said, I don't think so. And it took me hostage. So uh, that happened. And then I got like a huge hematoma on my stomach from the gallbladder surgery. I looked like I had a baby and they had, I had to get that figured out. You know, I, it's like every single surgery that I've had, I've had an issue with, but I like to make sure that people see that. And I, I document that because I'm like, I want to make sure that if someone who wants to do this knows, you know, 
the bad side of things. It's not always hunky-dory and everything is fine and it's a perfect life. Nah, man, there's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, you just, you just, people don't tell you, or they don't think you want to know, or they just, just, they forget about it. But I mean, you know, we could, we could have a totally other podcast some other time where I could go on about the cons of everything because there's just that many, It, it is what it is. There's no, there's no perfect answer to lose weight. There isn't. And if someone says there is, they're lying. It's hard no matter how you do it. I will shake somebody's hand who's done it, who's been 500 pounds and is down to 150, all by doing it themselves. I will shake their hand. Because that is just as hard as somebody who walks in and says, I need help. I need surgery. I, 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 I need a tool. I, I, like I, need, I need help. And you know what? It's just as hard for someone who walks in there and says, I need help, than it is for somebody who can lose the weight themselves. But, and that's a, that's a, we definitely don't have time for that conversation today. Because let me tell you, I have very strict opinion on that. But it's, and a, there's some, no, go ahead. No, I just like it. And that, and I see this all the time where like, and the, for everybody who's on my side of things for VSG and bypass and like when I hear that they've taken the easy way out, that what goes through my mind is a criminal minds episode because uh, they just don't, they're just not educated. They don't get it. They don't know what they have to go through. They don't know that there's, you know, there's a psyche valve. There's, things that they have to try first there's things that it's not just you don't just walk in and go yeah take my stomach please like there there is so much to it that people don't understand like when i get even people come to me still and they're like well you took the easy way out what part of me took the easy way out i went in for surgery because i was gonna die i have to work out harder than a lot of people do every day. Like I, I can't, I have to make sacrifices at functions. I have to make sacrifices, but people are like, well, you can still eat whatever you want. I could, I could, if I wanted to, but do I want to? I don't like, but it's just that, that one sentence like puts me, I see red when I see that because it is not the case. Like I really, if somebody thinks this is the easy way out, I would love to sit them down and educate them because at the end of the day, they're going to be like, Oh, I guess you have just as hard a time as so-and-so did losing it himself. And I'm just the kind of guy that I would still sit down and I would have a drink with the guy who lost all himself because I'd still be in awe. Be like, man, you did it yourself. Like pat on the back. Like that's phenomenal. Cause there's not a lot of people that can, there's just not. And so, it- and not every person who has surgery is successful. Like we just said that, like it really, no, they're like, not. it yeah. really is about handling the specific challenges that come with the tool that you're using and your personal challenges and finding your pathway to success. And like, I think you're right. Like, I think obviously, I think there's misconceptions about many, many different ways of, of losing weight. But I think the one that, you know, I, I do think that the, the biggest one with a stigma is people hear weight loss surgery and immediately shut down. I have people that listen to this show all the time and will, you know, will ask me, you know, is, is this week's guest someone who had surgery or not? Because if they had surgery, you know, I don't really want to hear their story. And I'm like, well, that's your personal decision. I'm like, but I think everyone's like, I've had people who are, you know, I, you know, my story is keto. Other people have used other tools. I've had people on that have used Weight Watchers that have used strict bodybuilding style, you know, calories in, calories out. I've had people that have had sleeve surgery, that have had full bypass. That I even had some people who back in the day had lap band. Like, you know, there's all of these different tools, but there's commonality to the story and to the struggle that I think is important for everyone to hear. And I, I think it's more, it's, it's almost more important to hear how the stories of people that are doing different things than you're doing because it gives perspective and frame to what you're doing and allows you to learn from a person's experience. And 
It doesn't mean that you have to 100% relate to exactly everything that a person's doing. But it also doesn't mean you have a right to sit in judgment of what anyone chooses to do. Like you said, what, you, you went in for surgery because it, your life was threatened. So if someone chooses something to save their life and then does that, cheer that person on. You know, take any biases, take any biases that you have personally out of the equation and, and be excited that someone was able to find a way to make a change that they weren't going to, you know, that wasn't going to happen for them otherwise. That's right. And I mean, I, I, I see it so much. Like, and I, I don't know. I have such a strong opinion on it, you know, because uh, I just, it's because it's the same amount of work. It's just different work. Like they're, you know, they, the people who do it themselves, like I honor these people. Like I would bow down to these people because believe it or not, I still know the work that's put into it especially now because yeah i don't like now i uh, it's funny but i mean i eat a i eat a cup of food now um you know that, and to, for me that's a lot for someone else they're laughing like really but but here's the thing like a human being only needs a cup of food anyway you don't need any more than that really really you don't but um but i still like sure if i i can have a donut but after I eat that donut, uh, the next day I'm working out in the gym for an hour doing a 5k run after like it's still work. Whereas somebody who doesn't have surgery can go ahead and eat whatever they want. Right. It's not a cup, but they're having a cheat day. They can eat whatever they want, but guess what they're doing? They're going in the gym the next day for an hour and they're doing a 5k run. So what's different? What's really different? There's just not. Now that's not. That's my story. That's me. That's not. That's not everybody. I'm not. I can't. I just. I physically can't stick up for everybody who's had this surgery because some of them have just given up, or they have every excuse in the book, and then they blame the surgery, or they blame the doctor, or they blame. They find something to blame other than themselves, and I see it all the time. I've tried to help them. Uh, they've come to me. They've come to me so many times and they're like, Matthew, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, okay, are you journaling? Are you like, this is everything they tell you to do before you get surgery. Like, okay. Are you marking down what you're eating? No. Are you exercising? No. Are you getting protein in? Like, are you getting like, are you getting in 90 to hundred grams of protein? Oh, I'm getting about 30 grams. So, okay. So do you know what you're doing wrong? No. Can you tell me? So I tell them. I tell them. And they don't do it. And then now they're coming back at me going, well, you, you didn't help me. What, what else am I supposed to do? Force feed you? Am I going to come put a leash on you and take it for a walk? Like, what, what else do you want me to do? And then I... And then there's the other side of the coin where people come to me, they actually use my advice and they lose weight. And it's not like, uh, I'm not, I don't even, I don't, I don't charge anybody anything either. I just, I'm not that person, but I will help because I just, it's who I am. Like if somebody comes to me and they're like pouring their heart out to me and they're like, I will do anything. And I'm like, okay, journal. And I want you to walk. And then they message me a week later and go, Oh my God, I've lost six pounds this week. Well, congratulations, but you're just doing what you're supposed to do. You're being human. You're, you're doing it. Like, just don't, the, the thing in the stigma, and I get where the people who haven't had surgery come from, is that there's a lot of them that get the surgery and think that's all they need to do is just have the surgery and they can still eat whatever they want because their stomach's so small, well, they're going to lose weight. That's just not how it works. It'll work like that for the first year. Absolutely. Absolutely it will. But after that first year, you're going to keep eating the crap that you're eating. And guess what? You're going to go back up. And then two years down the road, you're going to be bigger than you were when you went for surgery. And then you're going to blame the surgery and then you're going to try something out. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's where, that's where my head's at. Which, right? And, and I think that you, you hit on something that, you know, and like you said, we could probably do another two hours talking about pros and cons and, and all of those things. But I, I do, I do think one of the things that's missing 
is most of the time when people have misperceptions about surgery, it's because their their one experience is either following someone on social media or someone in their life who had the surgery and they saw that person be really successful that first year, like you said, that first first year doing everything the way they did, you know, living their life the way they were before just now with that barrier for, for smaller portions. And then they don't see what's going on when that person, like you said, is a year out, two years out, and they're not eating enough protein and wondering why they're having nutritional deficiencies and the challenges they're dealing with. And that's when those people stop talking about how great it was that first year. So that's right. The honeymoon phase is over. Right. The honeymoon phase is you have that. And I've, I mean, I've had friends that, you know, have come to talk to me and been like, you know, you've talked to a lot of people that have had surgery. I'm thinking about it. You know, what is the biggest thing that you've take you've taken from everyone? And I'm like, it's doing what you're supposed to do, you know, and you have to get to that place that you feel like you can do what you're supposed to do, especially for that first year. Like you need to get, you need to know what this is, give what this tool is giving you and be realistic about it. And you know, I said, so follow the people that are, you know, more than a year out and are talking about how they did it and talking about what they, you know, and hearing stories like yours and other guests that I've had on the show and, and, you know, other people that I'm friends with, like, look to the stories of the people that are doing the work and think about what you can handle and what you can do and what the experience is really like. And there's, there's, like you said, it's a lack of information and we make assumptions as human beings. It's natural. It's what we do. But I just, the thing I'm sure that, you know, again, gets your, gets that red fire going inside of you is when someone is taking that lack of information and turning it into a judgment on someone else. And, you know, that's, that's the part that's just not fair in the end, but, and, and we could rant on this for another hour for, I'm sure, but I, I'd like to, <laughs> I would like to, I'd like to circle back a little bit to where Matt's at now. You know, you've had your surgery, you're talking about the, you've still got the back surgery coming. What is, what is life like for you now, man? You know? From oh, five hundred five so to one seventy, you know one seventy one. Oh, like what? What? What is? The, what are things like for you now? Oh man, it's so weird. It's like it's like I'm five years old again, and I'm I'm actually able to live life. Like this is the first summer that I was on a paddle board, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get on there, and I am going to look like Bambi, like you know that. Let deer, you know, starts walking for the first time and is just stumbling and shaking. And I just get on that paddle board and away I went. So I couldn't believe that. I mean, that, that was the first thing that I was just like, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, just life is so different to be able to go into a store and just pick out any piece of clothing I want to wear and put it on. Right. Like before I was six XL. So I had to go to big and tall, pay a second mortgage and uh get a pair of jeans for mm-hmm. 172 dollars you're right? not kidding 72 dollars no. they must have been on sale right yeah, yeah. well yeah that was a clearance rack like so but i mean that that's that's or i'd have to go on like kingsize.com that was the only places that i could get clothes or i'd go to frenchies every once in a while and i would find like a diamond in the rough where these jeans have been torn and they're like, oh, okay, a farmer's worn them, and they're, they're like, they were their overalls, or they put them on cattle. I'm like, well, I could put those bad boys on for a couple weeks, but you know, but now I, I just I walk into a store, I find uh, a medium shirt, and I throw it on. That's that's it. It doesn't matter what it is, and it's just that is so weird to me. Like that is crazy weird, but I mean, it's just life is not the same it's just not it's it's totally different and that people that have always been small or just a regular size human take all this for granted they just they look at me and go you're excited over that i'm like well man i couldn't do that before like what do you expect what do you what do you want from me like when i first started like when i got down to like 280 i think is when i fit in the booth for a first time and then i cried like a little baby like people were like, what the, what the, what are you crying for? I'm like, I don't have to get the jaws of life to get in this booth. Like it, it is what it is. Like I, I can fit in here. Like what, 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 what am I supposed to do? So, I mean, it's just, it's always the little things, man. Like it's just, uh, it's life now is more fulfilling than it ever could have possibly been. Like, um, you know, my wife love her to death. 
Um, you know, she was with me throughout this whole entire process. But the thing is, the woman loved me when I was 530 pounds and she loves me now that I'm 172 pounds. Um, but I mean, you know, life for both of us is more fulfilling now than it was, you know, when I was 500 and some pounds. Like, what kind of life could I, what was I giving her? I wasn't, I wasn't really living. I was, I was, I was existing, but I wasn't living. Now I'm living. So, I mean, it's night and day. No, 100. And one of the things, the way I like to put it is like, you don't understand, like, if you've never been there, the amount of real estate it takes up in your head living that life when you're, when you're that big, you know, even like you said, like, even something as simple as clothing, like having to navigate that. And wondering if, you know, especially if you have like a special occasion coming up or something along those lines and it's like, okay, I have to find a, a, I need a white button down shirt for this. And the one store I shop in, if they don't have a white button down shirt, I have to order it online. And am I going to be able to get it in time? Because, you know, I, I remember in the early days of kingsize.com, it would take them like eight to 10 weeks to ship. Yes. And there's no way. Or longer. I've got a, I've got a wedding in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Where am I going to find clothing? Like, where am it's I like going to ordering work? something on wish? Mm-hmm. And like, while the, the physical action is easier now, like the, every physical action in your life, I'm sure is easier now. It's, it's also the, the mental relief of not having to be that ultimate planner, you know, when it comes to everything. And like you said, not having to be that detective anymore, not having to go through all of those hoops, you know, is, is a freeing thing to experience. So it's, it's good to hear, man. So what are the things that, Really, you know, we're, we're, I appreciate everything that we've, we've dove into today. Like, what are the things that make you happy now? Like, what are the things that are really driving you that you're working on these days? Now, I guess, I, like, I've, I've totally shifted my focus. Um, you know, now I'm maintaining. So, you know, now I'm playing um, with mathematics in my head that I am no mathematician, by the way. Let me tell you that. Two plus two is five. Okay. But, um, you know, like... Uh, my, my main focus now is the, the gym and I'm trying to, uh, muscle build a little bit now. And I, I have a lot of help with that, um, around here now, but my, the big focus now is like, <sighs> everyone wants me to like, you have to start eating carbs and that is mentally tough because, because I'm not a carb eater. I'm just not, I started now where I, I have a bun every once in a while, which is not a good carb, but I eat it and uh potatoes and stuff like that i gotta i'm getting better at the complex carb thing but i'm just like hey i don't think i should be eating that you know i'm trying to get over that that stigma that carbs does not make you fat (laughs) and it's just you know i had the two years where i went completely like next to no carb like my my carb intake for two years was 25 net carbs like i didn't touch carbs i know like they were they were the demon okay I, I lived on chicken and salad and chili. That that was basically my my diet. But um, getting better now at, at slowly putting some carbs into me. Um, but uh, main focus now is just like like my my plastic surgeon looked at me and he's like, "You're stick, dude. Like, you you gotta you gotta you gotta put some you gotta bulk up a little." And then I met with um, his dietitian um, at his clinic, um, and that's that's a story for another day because I have this like stigma with dietitians where they're so governed, like they have to follow the Canada Food Guide, and it's just I have a hard time. I love them to death, but I have a time listening to them because I'm like, you have to say that. You can't just veer off, but. Um, his dietitian was a uh, like uh, she was very down to earth and she didn't she doesn't follow the Canada Google, the food guide um, you know and she helped me a lot to give me like well you need to eat carbs Matthew you need to get over it <laughs> so um, I'm slowly working on that that's mentally tough but uh, that's what I'm doing right now basically I'm just I'm really really focusing on uh, like maintaining and like I'm basically playing with food now. Like, you know, people tell you, you know, when you grow up, don't play with your food. Well, I play with it all the time now. Just trying to figure out, well, what can I eat this week? And then I go a week and I'm like, well, did I gain here? Did I lose here? Like, what, what's happening? 
and then I just play around with it because I mean I'm I'm at the weight where I want to be, so I might as well play around a little. And you have a Facebook group where talking about food is a part of it, correct? Yes, I do. Yes, it's called the Sleeved Kitchen. Um, basically, it's all recipes that I've made up. Uh, there's, uh, I think, close to 7,000 people on there now, but uh, they're all helpful. They all put recipes in there. Um, it's all low carb. Um because that's how I really want to keep it. Sometimes I'll throw in the odd thing that's not if I'm barbecuing it, whatever. But um, it's a really, really good group, and it's full of recipes that you know. If if you are following low carb, I mean, even if you're not, low carb is still phenomenal food. I know that because I cook it. So uh, <laughs> you know, so um, you know, it's it's worth the checkout. Uh, also on my Instagram too, I, I load that full of recipes all the time. I, I never stop posting. The wife looks at me and goes, what are you posting now? Cause I never mm. stop. <laughs> and what is, thing. and if anyone out there, you know, cause you've shared a lot today and they, if people want to follow along with what you've done before and what you're doing now, what is your Instagram handle? So people can, can track that. Down? Yeah, it's uh it's V S G dot Maddie true is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the VSG part is the vertical sleeve gastronomy, which is the the sleeve, and that's the medical term. And I'm going to put but, link, uh, a link to it and a link to your Facebook group in the show notes for this episode, of course, so people can find those directly. Perfect. Definitely, definitely. Well, Matt, I, I have really enjoyed talking today, and, and I do honestly feel like we could probably sit and talk for another two to three hours. So we will have to have, at you, least. Back the, have, to have you back on the show yeah. at some point. I, I've actually honestly yeah. been thinking it would be interesting to get uh, a couple of the people that you know have gone through the VSG surgery and kind of do a roundtable on the pros, the cons, what people need to think about, like kind of give people you know an in-depth dive into into that. So you know, you never know, you know what, what we might. Oh, that that would road. be good, actually. Yeah, oh, that'd be fun. I think that would be a lot yeah. of fun. So yeah. Matt, I end every episode with five questions. I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Okay, man. So question number one: Living or dead? Who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, Gabriel Glacius. There we go. Although being from Canada, I feel like there's going to be some people who are upset that you didn't, you know, you, you didn't go to candy, but. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, he's good, but. I've seen Gabriel Iglesias live several times, and I, oh, I think he's jealous. an amazing choice. He's an amazing choice. Yeah. You can't what, be fluffy. You, you can't. You can't. You know, <laughs> question number two, men. Tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Oof. Never trust a fart. Mm. <laughs> I have not gotten that answer, but I think it's, I win. Probably, it's probably one of the most. I win. It's probably one of the truest ones that's out there. I, I thought that's you were right. going to go to never trust a plastic chair, which I have gotten before. But yeah, but that's. All, I know, thought that'd be overused. Yeah, that that one's overused. This one, I you you you, you you're blazing tra- like no pun intended, blazing trails. No. Uh, that's a good one, right. man. I like it. Question number three, Matt. And I, I feel like you answered this one a few minutes ago, but you can repeat it if you want. You can repeat your answer if you want to. But if someone out there listening is is thinking about starting their journey towards better health today, what is one concrete thing they can do to get started? Talk to your doctor. Mm. Just get all the information you possibly can and do your research. Do your research. I like it, man. Question number four, Matt, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Ooh, that's, i say my humor. I like it. And question number five, Matt, last question for you today. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Ooh, I'm going to say finally steady uh, my career and, um, Probably look at uh, maybe having a little mini me in the future. Mm. Both both are are solid goals, man. I like it. So, Matt, just a, a big thank you again for coming on the show, being willing to share everything that you did today, and taking us into the journey that is continuing. I, I just really appreciate your time, man. No, thank you. It's it's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to do it again. And as I said, all of Matt's information will be in the show notes today. So go on and check him out. And then you can also connect with me, of course, in the show notes, Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram, Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter. Email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. 
you know, all that, all that good stuff. Lots of stuff there in the show notes for you to check out. So don't miss those. And then my friends, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us here again on the very next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.